0: The right attitude, the consistency is doing something the same way. You don't change unless you're getting better in Christ. And that's the change that transpires. Well, today we're talking about persistence. And literally what it's talking about is continuously doing what we're supposed to do. Continuously. The minute you lay down, the enemy comes out. The minute you decide to turn back. The enemy promotes giving up.
1: Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with Pastor and Teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the Senior Pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's V-L-C-C-A-Z dot org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters.
0: How many think this is exciting stuff? We have been in this series, and and this series I I titled, How Do You Overcome? I've had people, uh, years and years ago, you know, I preach a lot of how-to stuff. How do you do this? How do you do that? How do you live for God? So on and so on. And I had somebody ask me many, many years ago, Pastor, okay, I hear all the stuff you're preaching, but how do I overcome? And I sit down and think, well, I've been teaching that. And so I thought I'd put together a series that directly deals with that. And there's four things that that I I look at uh, whenever I do that next week we'll or actually the week after next we'll we'll do the fourth one. But so far we've we've said that you have to run you have to run this race life is called a race. You gotta run it properly. You gotta do it properly. And what does that mean properly? You are already victorious. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you already won. You already run won. Well you say well then do I do nothing? Nope, you just keep running. You got to keep running. You don't now sit on your haunches and say, "Okay, well, I'm done. I'll just go eat, drink, and be married tomorrow. I'm dead." You keep running. You keep fighting. We'll talk about that. So you have to do it properly. What is properly? You have to do it from the right understanding. I've already won. I am a winner. I look to the sky. I hear the angels cry. Holy is the Lord. Holy. That means my life has to be holy, which means to be set apart. The second thing, the first thing is with the right attitude. I'm already victorious. All I have to do is keep running. The second thing was consistently. And because I'm talking about persistence today, some people think that persistence and consistency is there a difference? Huge difference. See, To do something consistently means you're doing the same thing the same way. Can I tell you something? You're not going to get up and live for God differently tomorrow than you're going to live for God today. You're supposed to be living for God the same way every day. Letting His light shine through you. Well, today, I'm going to go a little bit further. So we're talking about properly means there's a right way to do it. I'm already victorious. So the right way to to walk this path, to run this race, is from an understanding I'm already an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror now. Well, pastor, it doesn't feel that way. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. So when it looks dark outside, what do I do? Lift up my eyes. And I see what God's done. And I remember the right attitude. The consistency is doing Something the same way. You don't change unless you're getting better in Christ. And that's the change that transpires. Well, today we're talking about persistence. And literally what it's talking about is continuously doing what we're supposed to do. Continuously. The minute you lay down, the enemy comes in. The minute you decide to turn back, the enemy promotes giving up. Here's some interesting stats. And I use the secular world for this instead of the Christian world. But it's the same. It bears the same tool. Look at this. If you're in sales or you're in any kind of position like that, I want you to listen to me. Okay? Because this is going to help you. We don't only help you in your spiritual life, but we help in your physical life, professional life. Okay? Because all the principles of God are here to help you. Here to help me. 80% of all new sales happen after the fifth phone call to the same person. 48% of all the salespeople make one call and write the person off. Folks, I used to be in sales, and uh, this, this is all factual. 25% of all salespeople quit after the second call. 12% of all salespersons will call three times and then quit. So you see how the, the numbers change? 10% are those that keep calling. Now, how many get those irritating sales calls on your phone? They know the stats, and they're going to keep calling. Now, let me tell you something. You can answer the phone and say, stop calling me. And they might, but their company won't. Because they know the stats. There's pretty soon, folks, people will just buy to get them to leave you alone. They know the stats. 10% are the only ones who keep calling. And you know what happens to those 10%? They get the payout. Persistence gets the payout. They collect on what others invest. When I was in sales, I cannot tell you how many people I spent timeless time with. And called and called and called only to find out they bought what I was trying to sell them someplace else. That salesperson just tapped in to my investment. Pastor, how does that apply to Christianity? Oh, I'm glad you asked those questions. It just makes me feel good. Pastor Bev, when they come in and they just ask the right question, it makes me feel so good. Many Christians give up and never obtain their reward simply because they get tired of the everyday task of living Christianity, of living the, well, if this is, if this is living Christian, I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm tired. How many are glad that Jesus wasn't too tired to go to Calvary. He was mocked, he was ridiculed, he was persecuted, everything under the sun. And he still got up and went on. You see, what happens is there's so many Christians, they get so close, but yet are still so far. You know what the Scripture says, and I have it in your notes. Let me make sure that I left it in your notes. Because I only have so much paper here to leave there. So I, I, I didn't leave all of these. Yes, I did, right there at the very top. Scripture tells us over and over and over, those that endure till the end will be saved. Well, I thought I was saved the minute I prayed the prayer. You were, but you got a whole life to live. Don't get quiet on me already. There, and the scripture I left in there. The Bible tells us to not be weary and doing well. You will reap if you don't quit. 2 Thessalonians says, be not deceived. You will reap what you sow. I know it is, Hensley. <laughs> it says, self, be self-controlled. Stand firm in 1 Peter. Why? There's a lie, a guy that tries to be a lion out there. And then 1 Corinthians 15, one of my favorite passages in Scripture. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, you say that about every passage. Yeah, that's true. Every one's my favorite. But it says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor for the Lord is not in vain. William Gurnall said, none sink so far into hell than those that came the closest to heaven. Now, I'm going to say something, and, and I, I, I'm going to, it's going to step on a toe or two. And I, I want you to hear it. How do we win something without the ability to lose something? How do we win something without the ability to lose it? Now, I am not a preacher that believes you can lose your salvation, but I am a preacher that believes you can walk away from it. And we're going to talk about that today. Persistence is something that you have to understand is the key to winning this race. Just continuously running, continuously moving. You know, the problem is, is we have been taught to be an entitlement Christian. Just get saved, and God will prosper you. Just get saved. And no matter what you do, it'll be okay. God will understand, and God will get you to heaven anyway. The only problem is is that's not what this book teaches. It teaches persistence, it teaches the fact that you got to keep on keeping on. Now, this isn't popular preaching, but it's the one that's going to get you to heaven. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Three times. Father, is there any other way? You know what Jesus is saying? Me in this flesh? That's where that one passage and people love to use it. Well, you know the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let me get these thoughts past my head real quick, Vince. They could just come flying out. Jesus said that, folks. He said, i got to deal with this flesh. And this flesh, Dad, I don't want to do this. I ain't liking this. Dad, I ain't feeling it. See, the old guy does know some of the new vernacular. <laughs> I ain't feeling it. How many live in a Christian life sometimes you just ain't feeling it? Well, I'm glad we get a handful of people. I mean, my hands would have been up, but I didn't want to look so dumb. But, you know. but there's a few of you, so yeah. Three times, Father, is there any other way? But you know, the victory was declared when he said these words. Nevertheless, not what I want, what you want. Look to the sky. And all of heaven will be singing, you can do it. You can do it. How many are ready? Ready? Let's jump into this. Okay? There is no second place in heaven. Only first place. See, everybody does win. If you keep running. If you keep running. If you keep running. Everyone wins. Rick Mirror is one of the, the great Indianapolis Race car drivers of years got by. He said, if you want to finish first, you got to first finish. You got to at least cross the finish line. Second Timothy, Paul gives us a clear perspective and an understanding of how to win. And he says these words I have fought the good fight. Underline that in your notes. I have fought the good fight. Part one. Part two, he said, I finished the race. He didn't just say, I kept fighting. He said, I finished what I was fighting for. And then he tells us part three, how he did it. I kept the faith. I kept the faith. And then I want you to circle that word now. It's in your notes. Circle that word now. You know what now means Yes, yeah, it does mean now, yes. But it's a continuation word, it's an attachment word. He says, because I fought a good fight, I finished the race, I kept the face, because of that, there's a crown of righteousness waiting for me. What if he said, I didn't finish? I didn't fight. I didn't keep. Would that same crown be waiting? Jackie, this ain't popular stuff, is it? But somebody say, we're talking truth here. There's now a crown waiting. You say, well, Pastor, I mean, you're kind of reading a lot in that word now, aren't you? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Let's go on. It says, The Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Now, Paul could say, me, you know why? I fought a fight. I finished a race. I kept the faith. For me on that day. But then he says, but not me only. But look at this. But to underline this phrase, all who have longed to see him. If you long to see him, you know what that means? You're going to do everything you can do. My wife and I, when we were dating, I lived in Prescott. She lived in the valley. I looked for every opportunity in town to make that 150-mile jaunt from my door to hers. I longed to see her. And I would make up things to be able to come and see her. I would have to fight my tiredness. I'd have to fight my work schedule. I would have... You mean fight? Did you leave work? No. I was in a job that needed to make transportation to Phoenix periodically. I'd have to go for the trucking company I was working for and gather parts. And if you all know where, where Rush Peterbill is over on the Durango curve, anybody know where I'm talking about? Okay. Some of you all know. Okay. it's It's a... It's Durango Road, and it curves. They call it the Durango Curve. Anyway, I would go over there, and I would just happen to be in my wife's neighborhood while I was down there. Of course, she was 50 miles on the other side of the valley. <laughs> and so I'd just call her and say, honey, I'm in the neighborhood. Where are you at? Well, I'm in Rush Peterbilt. Isn't that on the other side of the valley? Well, it was, but now I'm outside your door. You see, when you long, Paul said, not to me only, but all those who long to see him. You know what will happen if you long? You'll fight the fight. You'll finish the race. And you'll know how to do it. You've got to keep the faith. Let's, let's jump in here. We are, do we see life... Do we see life as a winning endeavor or a losing battle? How do you look at this life that you live? How do you look at this life that you live? Do you know there are many who do not fulfill their objective simply because they put their eyes on the wrong goal? Now let me take you back to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is there. Father, is there any other way? But all the while, Jesus knew there was only one way. What was happening? His flesh was weak. And he's saying, Dad, I don't want to do it this way. Is there? Maybe we didn't think of another way. Let's put our heads together. Three times. Father, but each time he said, nevertheless, not, not what I want. He was speaking faith. He was keeping faith. Look what it, but you read in Luke chapter 9, Verse 51. The Bible says that Jesus set his eyes to Jerusalem. The disciples tried to talk him out of it. Everybody tried to keep him away from it. Jesus set his eyes to Jerusalem. He knew what was waiting for him in Jerusalem. Can I tell you something? As you become a Christian and you set your eyes to the goal of heaven, there's nothing that can distract you, dissuade you, Detour you. Nothing. Jesus, he knew what Jerusalem was going to cost him. And he persisted. He persisted to go there. You see, ladies and gentlemen, eternal values are what keep you pressing. Temporal values keep you bound up in where you are. And they cause you to become complacent. When you focus on the what is instead of the what can be. When you focus on to the what's happening instead of what can happen. You get all bound up. You see temporal values cause us to base our life on feelings, on emotions, on desires. And you can't put emotion and persistence in the same same bucket. Because emotions are are up and down, in and out, feel good, don't feel good. Persistence says, don't care what I feel like. We're moving on. I tell people all the time when I teach leadership, I said, folks, get on the train, get off the train, but you better not be on the tracks because the train's moving out. There's an objective. There's a goal. There's a a job that we have to do. Now, it's in your notes. (coughs) I mentioned a guy named Demas. And I got 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 there. But I want you to I, I teach a message that I've never taught it here, and I probably should teach it here one of these days. It's a series that I do and that I titled The Chronicle of a Backslider. The Chronicle of Somebody That Almost Made Heaven But Didn't. Oh, yeah, the Bible's full of them. The Bible's full of those people. Demas is one of those people that Paul touted. And the first time you see Demas show up, is in the uh, book of uh, Philemon, where he meets Demas. And this guy is good for the gospel. The second time you hear about Demas is in the book of Colossians, where Paul names him as a fellow worker. He doesn't say all the good stuff he said before, but he said, bring Demas with you too. He's, He's a fellow worker. The third time you hear about Demas, you only hear about him three times. The third time you hear about him is in 2 Timothy 4, where it says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world more than God. How could you imagine being Paul touting your name? This this is a guy to watch. Where's Demas? He decided he wanted the world more than he wanted me, than he wanted God. Now there's another fella, much unlike Demas, Philippians chapter 2, we find him named, and he says these words, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send you Timothy, send you Timothy, who takes genuine interest in your welfare. Everyone looks out for their own interest, but Timothy's proved himself. He's going to look at you for you just like I would. What am I saying? Wrong values will keep you thinking wrong things. Demas had his eyes on the world the whole time. Judas had his eyes on the world the whole time. Timothy had his eyes on glory. Timothy bought in fully. And when you have wrong values... You think wrong things, you do wrong things, you make wrong decisions, ultimately you wind up going wrong directions. And you will not fulfill God's plan for your life. How do I not do that? Philippians chapter 2, 3 through 5. Folks, you know this book here? How many, how many have a how many have a vehicle? Do you know in that vehicle you got an owner's manual? This is the manual. You want to you figure out how to, how to overcome? You got the manual. It's right there. You mean when I mess up, it's right there? always oh, there in living color. How to straighten up is there too. Consider others more than yourself. Oh, close the book and go home. Oh, yeah, that's in the manual, folks. That's, that's in the manual. Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look out for their own interests only. You see, you're supposed to. But also look out for the interest of others. You're not on this journey alone. Yes, we are our brother's keeper. And then I want you to underline this phrase. I'm in Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It's on the screen. Look at there in big yellow letters. Your attitude should be the same as that of the Lord. You've heard me say this many, many times over the years. Most of the churches today would not like Pastor Jesus. Okay, so jump into number two real quick. I've got about 10 minutes to get done here. Anybody give me five minutes? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. 15, yeah. yeah. that that gets old, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will. Look look at this. <laughs> Get up here. Come on, come on out here, bro. Yeah, that's a five. See look look at this guy. This guy's a mountain. I'm standing up on this thing here. I'm telling Robert and Jackie that they should move up here. But anyway, so look what the Word of God says. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus. Number two in your notes, look at it on the screen. We have a tendency to see what we have a tendency to see. You will always see what you're looking for. And you will keep your eyes on what you're looking for. And you know, you'll do whatever it takes to obtain what you're looking for. You will. And we have this tendency to see what we have this tendency to see. But you know what the Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 16? You're going through struggles. You're having problems with people. Look what it says here. It says that that when a man's ways please the Lord, he even makes his enemies. At peace with him. It doesn't mean you got the best relationship in town, but you're cordial. Yeah. Cordial. cordial. Thank you. No, I was thinking, incorrigible is what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. So, think about it. Now, I want to say this here, and I'm, I, I, I wanted to make such an importance. That i to put it on the screen. Look, look what it says here. The majority of the victory that we'll experience in this life in Christ, this life in Christ, we're not talking about just anybody, we're talking about Christians, is dependent upon the way, and I want you to underline this in your notes, we accept or reject the circumstances of life that we will and must go through. Jesus said, you're going to have problems in this world. We're going to deal with stuff. you got to be persistent. 2 Timothy 4, look look at the passage again. I have fought long and hard for my Lord. This is out of the, the Living Bible. I have fought long and hard for it all, for the Lord. And look what it says, the next line. But through it all, I kept true to Him. And now the time to stop fighting has come. Folks, the time to stop fighting is not now, it's then. I fight long and hard. And depending on where you're at in ministry, depends on how much fighting you're going to do. But look what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4. Look what he says. These troubles and sufferings of ours are quite small. Go ahead and look at somebody and say, Paul ain't right about me. Because we think all of us are facing the the unable to deal with. But Paul, look look what he says here. This guy's a little audacious. He say, these troubles, all-encompassing, are quite small. And they really won't last long. What is our life compared to eternity? I'm going to tell you a sister name, a sister word for persistence. And we see it in number three, character. Character is a sister word for persistence. You see, a man that keeps everything going is a man or a woman of character. They're solid. They're stable. See, there's folks that they don't like where I stand. But you know what? There's not a single one of them have to question where I stand. They know. And folks, for my standing in Christ, I'll walk away from people in a heartbeat. Well, that's, that's mean. Don't you want to take them? Yeah. But if they don't want to journey with me, am I going to stay back? Or am I going to keep moving? Pastor, that's just, that's just, that's just, I ain't feeling it. Well, Jesus is saying it. Remember when the disciples in that garden place three times? He comes back and finds them sleeping. And he says, can't you guys stay awake just an hour? I am at the most travailing place of all of my life here. Can't you just wait? The third time he comes back and says, okay, I did it all this way without you. Because they were moving in, moving out, up and down, emotions, feelings. Jesus said, go ahead and rest. I've made up my mind. There's sometimes you've got to separate what you're a part of to stay what you're a part of. You see, the biggest problem in keeping the faith is being committed to the task. And that sister word for for persistence, character, literally defined, look, I got it on the screen, character is the ability to carry on a good resolution long after the mood in which it was made has passed. That passage I told you about That passage that I told you about with with Jesus when he was headed towards Jerusalem, the word that is in there says he resolved to go to Jerusalem. We talked about resolve and resolution a few months ago. He was resolved. He was settled within himself. It doesn't matter what it takes. I'm going to do my Father's will. Are you with me? You see, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said these words Straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Literally, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts in this, this, this road that we have to be persistent. And, and let me take you back to the beginning of the series. We've already won. Folks, when I first got saved, you know one of the first books I read, Revelation, I wanted to see how the story ends. And I saw, we win. Folks, if I know I'm winning, how do I lose? Only if I quit. Only if I quit. And so, I, I, okay, praise the Lord, let's move on. Straight is the way, narrow is the gate. Most Christians give up because of convenience. What am I saying? Just not committed to the task. And we have to understand persistence is part of our life. Persistence is part of our life. I I have in your notes, and I'm not going to take time to read it, but I have a breakdown of what's the difference between convenience and commitment. Convenience and commitment. And I'll just read just the top one. Convenience says, if I feel good, I'll do it. Commitment says, I'll do it no matter how I feel. Maybe one more. Convenience says, well, it depends on my mood. Commitment says, if it's important, I'm doing it. Convenience says, what's in it for me? Commitment says, how do I I benefit others? See, we're talking about this whole thing of doing more to get this out of here. Folks, it's going to cost. It's going to take effort. We're on on seven different radio stations in Flagstaff. Do you know what it takes for this little preacher to be on seven different radio stations? We, We put a little radio studio, a recording studio at our home. And I tell my wife, I'm going to the studio. You know what she knows? That means I'll see you in a few hours. And if I do that two or three days in a row, she'll say, do I have a husband? Because it takes time. It takes commitment. Why? What can we do to benefit others? There are a lot of things in this life that we need to do even when we don't like it. There's a lot of things that we have to do. You see, persistence, determination, commitment, they are all many times the only difference between success and failure. And I want to tell you, and it's a hard statement, but it's in your notes, they are many times the only difference between heaven and hell. Let me wrap this up as the worship team comes. <laughs> you say, Pastor, there's lots of notes here, folks. There never be end of notes. <laughs> One of the things that I'm trying to do, as the pastor of this church, our staff, uh, the pastors of this church, and our leadership is we're trying very, 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 very hard to honor your time on Sundays and Wednesdays. We're trying to get you out of here on a decent time. And I I figured 1 o'clock in the afternoon is a great time to get you out. But I've I've had one or two of you say, nah, i got to get out of here before that. And so we work really hard to do that. And so sometimes when you see lots of notes that I don't talk about, that's because I believe that you're going to go home and read them yourself. You're going to take time to go through that the key to persistence and the key to character it's the same thing it is the decision to finish what you've started to do what you said you would do and to stop making excuses why it can't be done well these people those people this thing that thing you know what i do folks i say jesus what thing kept you from calvary oh nothing nothing What do I do? What do I do with that? 1 Corinthians 4, look what it says here. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove themselves faithful. Those who have been given a trust. You know, you and I, 2,000 years ago, were given the trust of the death and resurrection of Christ. He turned the world upside down with 12 people, and he's counting on us today to keep the lost and dying world from perishing without him. Folks, we live in what I believe very clearly is called the great apostasy. We are seeing the falling away of Christians. And you know why they're falling away? It's not convenient. I can't make it fit into my schedule. And I say this, and I know it's hard to hear, but and I don't say it meanly or anything. Aren't you glad that Jesus fit us into his schedule? Aren't you glad that he didn't just decide? You know, in that garden, I'm always thinking, you know, what if him and the Father were talking there? And Jesus just said, Dad, you see those bums out there sleeping? They won't even stay awake for an hour. They won't even pray with me. And you know what? The rest of those people I've been dealing with these last three and a half years. Dad, what do you think? Let's just wipe it out and start over. What do you think? I don't think that conversation happened. You know why? Because the Father so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, you know who whosoever is, they sit in your chair would just believe. Now that believe is a funny word. It's not a passive word. It's not a noun. It's an adjective. It's an action word. It means to, to trust in, cling to, and rely upon. Paul said these words in 2 Timothy 4. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. All because I kept the faith. Now I'm going to read it out of the Living Bible. And I want you to hear it. It's not on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. And I love this translation. It says, I have fought long and hard for my Lord. And though and through it all, I have kept true to Him. And now the time has come for me to stop fighting and rest. And you know what? In heaven, a crown is waiting for me. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, is going to return going to give to me on the day of his return. And not just to me, but to all those who live life eagerly looking forward to his coming back.
1: Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.